Hello and you're very welcome along to our first instalment of the Sligo Sigerson Watch podcast. My name is Ryan Bailey and this is just to take a look exactly what it says in the tin of the Sligo lads that are involved in Sigerson Cup action across this year's competition. We're going to be having a look at the first round fixtures and results. We're going to be having a look at the fixtures that'll be going on in the next round as well. We'll hear from Neil Ewing, the man that came up with the idea himself and in conjunction with Neil, I'll be working to bring you all the latest uh, regarding Sligo players in Sigerson Cup action. We'll hear from University of Galway manager Morris Sheridan. We've also got a full-time report of the game from Stephen Grealis as well. And we'll be talking to Giva man Darren Kearns, who will give his interpretation and experiences of Sigerson Cup action. So we'll have a look at round one of the Sigerson Cup, the results from those games that were played on Tuesday night first. Queen's University won 12, Ulster University won 11, a one-point victory there for Queen's in that game. St Mary's of Belfast, 14 points. SETU Carlo, 8 points, six-point win for St Mary's there. The first game involving Sligo players, DCU, 4-15, ATU Donegal, a goal and seven. For DCU, Shane Dignan, Lee Dignan and Sean Carroll, all of Shamrock Hill, as well as Owen Smith of Drumcliff Ross's point. They're part of the DCU panel. ATU Donegal, Liam Gohan of Torrestrand starting at wing forward in that game. He got it on the score sheet as well with the point but a big comprehensive victory for DCU in that game. The second game of the night and the only other game of the night involving Sligo players. UCD 2-11, MTU Cork 13 points. Calder St. Joseph's man Brian Cox who recently lined up for Sligo against Mayo in the charity game for Mindspace Mayo in James Stevens Park in Ballina. He was at wing back for UCD in that game. Moving on next to the games on Wednesday, we'll start off with UL, who were of course in last year's Sigerson Cup final. They had a first victory of the campaign, 2-7 to 10 points. They beat UCC, a three-point victory for um, Declan Bruder's side in that game. TU Dublin, 1-13, ATU Galway, nine points was the result in the second game. Uh, ATU Galway, of course, Owen Roe McGowan of Eski is involved with the ATU side, but he wasn't actually togged for the game with Eski's game this weekend in the All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Final. Eski versus Bally Giblin of Cork in that game will be played this Saturday coming 5 o'clock in the evening it's a Crow Park game and it's live on TG Cahar as well University of Galway the Sigerson Cup champions they got off to winning ways with a victory over Maynooth University 3-10 to 1-6 is how that game finished a 10 point victory for University of Galway University of Galway represented on terms of Sligo men Evan Lyons wore 17 and played at wing back down in this team sheet now he was down to start wing back but he usually operates more so in the full back line so Shamrock Gales man Evan Lyons there lining out for University of Galway Nathan Mullen is part of the University of Galway panel and by the looks of the score bureau report Nathan didn't feature but he is in the in the panel to play for Sligo against Roscommon in this weekend's FBD league game Maynooth University gave us Donald Conlon was down to start as corner forward for Maynooth in that game and then ATU Sligo the result of the weekend no question about that they beat MTU Kerry which is a formerly IT Tralee on a scoreline of 4 goals and 6 to 12 points and the amount of Sligo players involved in this team 14 Sligo men involved on the panel so you've got Joe Keeney was at centre half forward Jack Davitt at corner forward Josh Fallon and James Herity as well of St Malachi Gales are part of the panel Mark Walsh is at wing back and he's joined by Joe Walsh two Omar Gales men Kieran McKeown of St Michael's Sean Cawley of Collier St Joseph's Reese Henry of Tubacurry Adam Higgins of Calera Strand Hill Kenneth Healy of Castle Connor James Carroll of Shamrock Gales all part of the panel and the St Farnans duo of Kevin McGee who lined out midfield and Shane O'Brien who lined out at wing back complete the Sligo contingent in the team no question about it the result of the weekend goes to the Sligo team MTU carry players like Tony Brosnan in their ranks were expected to win that game but it's not easy going up to play 
my game in uh, the Sligo IT campus or ATU Sligo campus should I say now uh, on an evening like that no question about it so that's a massive victory for ATU Sligo in that first round game Now we're going to hand over to Stephen Grealis of Midwest Radio who was at the game between University of Galway and Maynooth University that was played in Dalgan here he is with a full time wrap up of what happened the University of Galway opened their quest for back-to-back Sigurdsson Cup titles last night with a comprehensive 3-10 to 1-6 victory over new Roscommon manager Davy Burke's Minute. A little bit of quality shunned through for the Galway side in the end with midfield pairing of Matty Tierney and Paul Kelly showing their class particularly in the second half while full forward Tom O'Culhan rattled in a goal on four points, one two of that coming from play. However, they were made to work for things. In the first half, Manute had several goal chances expertly stopped by the goalkeeper for University of Galway, Conor Carroll. First half goals from Cottle Sweeney and Patrick O'Donnell was enough to make sure the Galway side did not let up their eight-point half-time lead. From a Sligo perspective, there were a couple of inclusions. Donal Conlon from Giva lined out for the Manute side at corner forward and on the University of Galway team, Evan Lines from Shamrock Gales lined out in defence. Full time here from Dangan. Three goals and ten points for the University of Galway. One goal and six points for Maynooth University. And after the game, Stephen spoke to victorious University of Galway manager Morris Sheridan. Joined now by the victorious NUI Galway manager Morris Sheridan. Morris in a game that was played in very unseasonable conditions. Your side showed a bit of class and uh, especially in that second half when it looked like Maynooth were going to fight back. They brought it back to five points but a late goal from Tom O'Callaghan really set the seal on victory. How happy are you overall with the performance? I'm not very happy at all to be honest because uh, it was extremely poor in the first um, 12 kind of minutes of the game. You know, like you said, the goal chances that they had. They had one off the crossbar. They had, we, had, we had to clear one off the line. Um, I thought Maynooth, like they opened like that bit better, you know. So, look, just happy to get the win. Uh, we didn't play well early doors, but um, we asked them like at half time just for a bit of manhood, and um, they displayed that in the second half because the conditions were absolutely awful. Uh, and with players like Sean Kelly and Tommy Conroy to come back into the team, it's uh, it does show that there's plenty of work to be done. But there's serious competition for places. Young players stepping up to the stepping up to the fore this season. Dara Hina and younger brother of Cahal, who of course was man of the match in last year's final, coming up to the to the boil rather. Is it good to have that influx of players, a new set of players coming into the team this year? Oh, it is, of course. Like, Darren's a great lad, and uh, he, he was awful close to the team last year, uh, but he got a knee injury, unfortunately, you know, and um, or it was a shoulder in, uh, injury, actually. But, um, yeah, look, we're like we're up and at it. It's all about the regeneration of the panel, I suppose, really, with a bit of youth, as you say, and, uh, like, we're just delighted now to get a win and get going. Thanks, Boris. Now we're going to have a look ahead to the fixtures for next week. There will be five games next Tuesday, the 17th of January. First game is at 7 o'clock. There's three of them at 7 o'clock. First game at 7 is in the IT Sligo grounds. It's ATU Sligo versus St Mary's University College in Queen's University in Belfast. It's going to be Queen's University versus DCU and in the UL grounds, UL host TU Dublin. The three of those games are all at 7. And then at quarter past 7, UCD host University of Galway in Belfield. That could be the tie of the yet we'll have to wait and see Maynooth University North Campus at half past seven it's Maynooth University versus MTU Cork then on to Wednesday which is the 18th of January in Tum Stadium at half past two it's ATU Galway versus University College Cork at six o'clock in Carlow IT it's SETU Carlow versus MTU Kerry and in Jordanstown at seven it's Ulster University versus ATU Donegal
Right, we're on to the next second next segment of this podcast, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Neil Ewing. Um, about I'm going to say three four months ago, Neil, you made the phone call to me. You know, pitched this idea, and uh, it's something that it's something that that's been due just to give that bit of uh, that bit of publicity to Sligo lads playing not just Sigerson football but college football, and um, something that you feel strongly about as well. Yeah, definitely, Ryan. No, I had a few conversations with people over the last while, and you know, I think it's a definite, you know, gap we've probably seen in Sligo uh, over the last number of years. You know, really exciting progress at minor, under twenty level, schools level, especially. You know, we've had centre track this summer hill. Uh, you know, competing in a lot of conic finals. Um, but you know, while some of the other schools then have probably went on to have more guys. Uh, playing third level, Freshers A, Sigerson football. Uh, you know, I think it's a gap we can close in Sligo. Get more of our of our players playing Sigerson football because um, and, and Fresher A football, but also any any level of football at college, um, because it's an important uh, important level of football. You know, it bridges that gap. You know, between underage intercounty, between club, and you know, really develops uh, helps develop senior intercounty footballers. Uh, I think. And, you know, uh, for, for myself and, you know, from my own experience, something I noticed w- with Sligo players, you know, while I was in college myself and even over the last number of years is, and it pains me to say this, but an inferiority complex where, you know, guys go off to college, you know, be it in Galway, Limerick, Dublin, and they feel that, ah, no, I'm, I'm just a Sligo footballer. There's no point in me going out to train for the Sigerson team or I'll never make a fresher A team you know and, and it's really not true you know we have footballers who are as good as anybody in the country and uh, you know I, I think you know we just really need to encourage as many lads as possible to get out there playing at the highest standard of football possible and you know hopefully this could go some way towards recognising the lads that, that are putting themselves out there and putting in the effort over the winter to, to make themselves better footballers and you know ultimately the goal is that, that we have a better future you know it's like senior footballers and that'll you know be a stepping stone to, to getting the Nestor Cup back to Sligo Exactly yeah and I, I even ran through it you know before we started talking here I ran through the Sligo lads that have featured in Sigerson games this week you know you got Maynooth University ATU Galway DCU Donegal uh, ATU Donegal and Galway University as well so that's all them colleges represented by so Maynooth have won ATU Galway won DCU 4 Donegal with 1 Galway with 2 UCD have won as well Brian Cox and ATU Sligo 14 lads on that ATU Sligo panel are Sligo lads and it's funny like because you'd have a look around the country I, I remember even with the coverage last year like you know you know that Liam Gawham was up with uh, with ATU Donegal you knew Conan and, and Nathan Mullen were in Galway but it actually, it nearly kind of skips people's minds, just the amount of Sligo lads that are actually involved in the home college as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know very encouraging win for ATU Sligo as well. You know, to, to see a panel with, with that many Sligo people involved go out and, and beat a panel of, well, it's effective, probably 90, 95% Curry players. You know, I think that that really speaks to the point that, you know, if, if we give lads the platform, if they're prepared right, you know, in advance of these competitions, they show a bit of belief in themselves that, you know, um, that that inferiority complex shouldn't be there. Sligo players are well able to go out and compete with, with guys from Kerry, with guys from Cork, you know, your Dublins as well. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the perfect example of what can be done. And hopefully that's a stepping stone for ATU Sligo in the competition, but also, you know, a stepping stone for some of those guys to maybe kick on and, and get involved with Sligo in, in FBD League or even National League um, over the coming months. And in terms of the coverage that we're going to be bringing as part of this project, so 
We've got anyone that's familiar and has seen the Instagram post, we've got details of what, when the games are going to be on, where they're going to be on and what Sligo players are going to be involved. Once the team sheets come out, we will have Sligo players on the team sheets too. We're also going to be starting, as of today, we're going to be starting uh, Sligo Sigurds and Watch. But in terms of uh, the club aspect of it as well. So we're going to be starting today with St. Fernand's Club uh, in West Sligo and we're going to be looking at the Sigerson winners or one Sigerson winner to highlight at least one Sigerson winner from each club if we can or somebody involved with the club that has got a Sigerson Cup medal. And we're going to try and get on every uh, club in Sligo to just try and get, you know, that sort of aspect, that aspect, bringing it back to home for players and have a look. Some players might not even know there's fellas in their clubs that have Sigerson Cup medals just to bring that back to them as well. But Neil, you've got a bit of information. We saw that the Higher Education Player of the Week for the week just gone, Jack David of St. Melosha Gales. We're going to be having a poll on our own social medias to uh, to see what who people think should be the Player of the Week for this week. So the three nominees for that are going to be Jack David. Of course, there's going to be Brian Cox of Coyler St. Joseph's and UCD and Evan Lyons of NUI Galway and Shamrock Gales. Three players who all had victories and strong victories this week but Neil you can give us a bit of information regarding the, the prize that the winner is going to get as well uh, yeah I suppose and uh, you know listen um, it, it's a bit of fun as well but it's nice It's nice to see the lads recognised but uh, a lot of people involved in Sligo Football will be familiar with Peter Wynn uh, for Pete Steak there in Colooney uh, undoubtedly, the best butchers in the county, uh, and one of the, one of the better footballers in the county too. You know, he's a he's a real great guy, real great footballer, great character. He's gladly agreed to come on board and uh, sponsor. Um, what it will be a lovely prize for one college student every week of of a nice steak every week. So, uh, I think we all know the difficulties students can have in in terms of uh, keeping on top of their nutrition during the week. So, fair play to Peter for that. And uh, yeah, you know, it'll be a bit of fun, but uh, a, a nice. Uh, a nice gesture by Peter and uh, hopefully uh, it encourages uh, us all to get in and support him when we can as well So now we're joined here as part of our podcast our next segment we're joined by Giva man Darren Cairns Darren a good evening to you now that we're recording and uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast as well we're going to have a bit of a trip down memory lane and you can tell us about your experiences and your good memories of the Sigerson Cup how are you doing, Ryan? Good to talk to you. Um, I suppose, yeah, Sigerson, I uh, was involved for a number of years um, in a few different roles down through the years, but I suppose my earliest memory, of course, would probably be in 2002 when we were lucky enough to win it um, with IT Sligo in Sligo, managed by Martin McHugh from Donegal, um, a team that was full of inter-county stars at the time and uh, I suppose it was a great win not a very pretty final at UCC in Markovich Park and a very low scoring affair but again it was great to get across the line for the for the first title there in 2002 you know and when this time of year comes round again for the Sigerson Cup like I'm sure it kind of brings all them kind of memories back I remember reading a piece there not so long ago it was um, Andy Moore and, and I think it was either Eamon or I think it was Eamon McGee they were talking about past glories in Sligo IT and you know winning the, the couple of Sigurds and Cups there there's a special bond like that you build with lads playing college football and going off talking to different people that were in Sligo IT at the time like there was just something really special there as you said inter-county standard footballers but you know a good bunch of characters there as well Yeah there definitely was Ryan there definitely was like like in, in 2002 I suppose there was a kind of I was only a, a, a fresh young 18-year-old at the time, and uh, I was getting my eyes open to a lot of stuff uh, around the place, but 
um, the day that we won it, actually, it was uh, it was a Saturday, and we had uh, I was involved with Sligo seniors at the time, and it was there was a national league game the next day against Mayo, and I remember getting a phone call from Peter Ford, who was the manager at the time, and he says that I was starting the next day in Markovic in the national league, and it was a pretty big deal at the time, so. We kind of, I was the only one from the Sigurdsson panel that was involved the next day, but we had loads of fellas like Aidan Higgins, Michael Moyles, Dermot Higgins, Pat Kelly, Brian Maloney, all of them guys from Mayo were up watching the game. Now, unfortunately, we came out the wrong side of a one-point defeat that day. But yeah, that was uh, that was in 2002. And then, as you mentioned there, Andy Moore and Eamon McGee, you're going up to 2004 and 2005. I wasn't involved in 2004 now. I was in Australia. But when I came back in 2005, I got involved again and Again, inter-county footballers, a lot of the boys at the time were kind of starting their inter-county careers, but again, became household names over a number of years. And uh, it was just great to be involved with such a, a great bunch of players. And again, to win it in 2005, pretty special occasion as well. And I think uh, there was a lot of memories that live long after celebrating that title, you know? Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to the 2005 celebrations now in a couple of minutes. But how, how did you swing that so the that 2001 or 2001-2002 title that you are saying that uh, you were playing the following day. Did you get to do any sort of celebrating the night before? Well, as I said, I was I was young at the time and I, and, uh, I didn't do an awful lot of celebrating. Um, I was I, I was probably uh, back into back at that day the way we had when I got the phone call. I was kind of delighted to be starting the next day um, against Mayo in in the National League and there was ten thousand people in Markovic Park. At the time, it was one of the biggest games that we played, and uh, I was kind of I was weary enough because I was I was on the bench for the Sigerson. Um, Damien Sheridan was the goalkeeper at the time. Longford, number one, uh, one of the top goalkeepers in the country at the time, and was for a number of years. And uh, so, no, I I didn't do an awful lot of celebrating that night um, because of the game the next day. But I joined up with the boys on the Sunday afternoon, the Sunday evening, and it probably tailed into Monday and even Tuesday after that. To be honest, you know. What was what was that like? No, that's the sort of anytime you'd talk to anyone. I remember talking to Alan Costello about it before about that kind of crew that was there in Sligo. You know, them. I, I, you know, we're branching over about four or five years here, space of time. But like in terms of those celebrations, what were they like? Look, at they were they they were. There's no point saying anything other than that they were a little bit wild. Um, like an awful lot of work had gone into to get into the weekend, stickers the weekend, and then when you do win it, look at a couple of days. Isn't going to do any man any harm, really. Now, a lot of people might disagree with that and say it does plenty of harm. But look at the crack that's had over them couple of days. Like you have loads of memories on football pitches, but the, celebrating, like the reason that you play and the reason that you go out to win them games is to see if you can celebrate afterwards and want or even commiserate for for the losers. Sometimes it does happen as well. But look at we were off on the wrong side of it as well. But for for winning it two thousand and two, yeah, and then. 2005 the celebrations like that like you you mentioned there you were talking to Alan Costello a very good mate of mine like he was probably the ringleader and in 2002 Michael Moyles probably was the ringleader another good mate of mine and uh, he was the ringleader for a number of years afterwards so yeah look at great times great crack had celebrating them wins you know in terms of the standard of footballer like I know it's different say in, in the moment itself and in that time when you're looking at these fellas around you and you know they're, they're household names now a lot of the fellas that would have played for the IT back in the early 2000s what was the kind of was there any sort of a draw towards the IT to bring these level of footballers there like or is it just kind of something that happened 
I suppose there's there probably did just happen in the sense that the guys that were around, like obviously there was Mayo, Johnny Gall guys, and then uh, like the, you know you'd have the odd Galway, Roscommon, or even when you go up to 2002, you're talking Monaghan up there was one of the best footballers in the country for a long time, Paul Finlay. But like it was just it was kind of like when the Sigerson was going well and there was good players there. And I suppose if you were if you were looking about what you were going to do with your life after leaving search and you might want to go to college local enough to Mayo or Donegal or wherever even Leitrim boys coming down so that was the kind of the names that were that were floating about at the time and as as I said like you know you could the list is endless the amount of inter-county footballers that went through the went through the teams and even like even with the inter-county footballers there was a lot of like fellas that never met at an inter-county level that were that were excellent excellent Sigerson players and some of them titles wouldn't have been won without them guys either. So they're kind of the unsung heroes, if you know what I mean. Like you know, of course, yeah. And in terms of like, obviously, our uh, kind of standing point on on these podcasts is to look at the Sligo element of it. Um, talk to me about some of the Sligo involvement in terms of lads that would have, uh, I know, loads of Donny Gall and Mayo, and as you said, Paul Finley coming down and playing as well. Loads of involvement from other counties. But what was it like in terms of the amount of Sligo lads that were on those panels? Again, look at it wasn't it wasn't huge in the numbers of of Sligo guys. Like in, in two thousand and two, there was myself and Mark Rehney from St Mary's there involved, and uh, then like like you're 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 talking in two thousand and four when I was away. I think Johnny Davy was playing from St Mary's there, and um, like and then when you go into two thousand and five, Fergus Horn was involved, a guy from Callery St Joseph's at the time. He was in around the Sligo senior panel at the time as well. So. Like there wasn't a huge amount of Sligo guys involved for one reason or another, but um, like like again, look at it was it was great to have a couple of the a couple of Sligo boys floating around the place, you know. And when the name the Sigerson Cup and I suppose the time of year as I said comes round, what what's the first thing that comes to your head? Look, at, I was I was down at the game the other night. The 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 Sligo IT or the ATU Sligo, whatever way you want to call them. I was down at that game the other night. They were playing ATU Kerry. And I was just looking at the at the conditions, and I was just thinking, Lord God, this brings back memories to what kind of conditions you were playing Sigerson football in and operating like this time of the year. It's never going to be pretty, but like you're dealing with you're dealing with huge, huge elements of wind and rain and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And look at it, 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 you're that's the reason that you're playing at that time of the year. You have to expect that, and it's it's part and parcel of the of the competition that that's. That's what happens, you know, this time of the year. Like, but yeah, I brought back good, good memories when I was watching it the other night. To be honest, it was, it was uh, looking at the at the kind of caliber of player that's there. There's more Sligo fellows involved there this year. It's great to see it as well. I think there was five on the start and fifteen, which is which is very good to see, you know. And that's it for our first show here on uh, Sligo Sigerson Watch. And thanks to you if you've made it this far for listening. Thanks to Darren Kearns and Neil Ewing and Stephen Grealis for all joining us as part of this week's programme. Make sure to keep an eye out across Instagram and Twitter in particular. Have a look on the Ball Talk podcast page on Instagram. You can follow my Twitter account at Ryan Bailey as well. Uh, I'll have all the latest stuff on that and Neil will be sharing quite a bit of it too. In fairness to Sligo GA and different clubs around the county, everyone's great for getting on board of it too. Uh, use the hashtag Sligo Sigerson Watch if you want 
want to get involved and if you're going to any games you see anything that you might think that we'd be able to use in future podcasts and future posts on our social media accounts as well and of course a reminder that our sponsor for Pete's Steak in Colooney uh, the sponsor of our Player of the Week award please do give them a bit of support because they've Pete in fairness and the gang have given us great support in uh, having a Player of the Week uh, nomination or Player of the Week award for nominations for us and make sure to go over to Instagram where the poll is going on right now the three Player of the Week nominees it is Evan Lyons of Shamrock Gales in NUI Galway along with Brian Cox of Collars in Josephs and UCD and Jack Davitt of St. Melosh Gales and ATU Sligo in the meantime between now and our next podcast do check out all the social media accounts and make sure to get in touch with us as well until next week I hope you enjoy all the Sigerson action that's coming your way and make sure to stay tuned for all the latest as part of our Sligo Sigerson Watch Watch